All right, let me just uh, park my super cool sport bike out front here. Olivia Wilde, uh, you can just wait there on the back of the bike. I, you know what? This is, I promise, this will not take long. Watch some uh, Minecraft playthroughs on YouTube or something until I come back. Okay, yes, I'll be right back. All right. Well, howdy there. Oh. Welcome to the Schmee Burger in Paradise Bar and Grill. Uh, Do you have a reservation today? I mean, I'm with a group. I think they're prob- I'm kind of late. There was some shit that I wanted to do instead of being here, but, uh, yeah, I guess they probably had a reservation. I'm just- I'm meeting a group. Yeah, I'm meeting a group. Well, all right. What's- what's the name on the reservation? I- it, uh, Gristle Jiggles Blade? Gristle Jiggles Blade? Well, we got a Jiggles, no Gristle Jiggles Blade. Yeah, that's probably the one. All right, now let me see. Table four. Right this way, sir. Oh, uh, hey, guys. Oh, hey, oh. Eric. Look who showed up. Who? How are you? Oh, me. Uh, I'm, you. I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing well, yeah. Jiggles <laughs> is gone right now, but we're doing well. Eric. Yes. When's the last time Aaron out to socialize with people? When's the last time I took him out? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say probably uh, August of last year. Y'all keep oh. having this conversation. I'm just going to do something with my phone real quick. Eric, I got to send your phone a quick picture, uh, but I'm just going to like turn my body away from you for like probably five minutes. What? OK, we I I don't have my phone on me right now. Well, hey, I see you finally made it. Uh, sir, please put that away. No, not oh. the phone. Your, your dick. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm so sorry. Why is your dick out? What do you? Is that what you're sending to my phone again? Uh, yeah, it's fine. You'll find. You'll see. So it I, I see fine. you finished up your uh, Miller Lite High Life. Uh, w would you like uh, another drink to follow that up? You talking to me? Yeah. Uh, I didn't finish anything. I just sat down and I didn't order a drink or have a drink. Well, well, they they got you a Miller Lite High Life, and it looks like you not only drank it but also swallowed the entire bottle. That's not a thing that happened. That's not a Ooh, thing. Hey, let me jump in here. Jiggles took it with him to the manager's office. You I'm so sorry, dear. Uh, my friend here just showed up. He he's has not ordered yet. Um, he, my friend took his bottle. He did not eat the glass bottle after drinking the Miller Highlight Life, is it? Uh, anyways, but I'm sure he would. Eric, are you parched? Um, yeah. Can I get a. Uh a Miller Lite High Life Sharps, which is the champagne of shitty non-alcoholic beers. Uh, you know, I'm afraid the best we could do is is a flats. You know, got the sharps here. The fuck is that? Same. Oh, thing, you rascal! But, uh, on a, on a lower shelf. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Give me one of those. All right. Uh, Still anything else exist. for for the two of you? I would love like three more my ties. So it seems to me like you're kind of making your rounds every 45 minutes. So uh, I'm very thirsty. If you could just bring me three at a time, if it's going to be that long before I see you again. Sure. Thing. That'd be great. Thank you. Would Would you mind taking my drink back? I no longer would like the sparkling water. There's just I, all over it. I, I really can't take it back. I mean, that's just how it's made. Like, like there's no other way to really get water to sparkle. So, I mean, oh. like you can leave it on the table, but I can't I can't take it back. Let me just get a jazz and blueberry. Jasmine Blueberry. All right. I'll see if I can get that for you. And 
my friend Blade here is too shy, but wants to say maybe this binge. He's already uh, gone. Oh, okay, whatever. Uh, where's Jiggles? Jiggles is the manager came and got Jiggles. It was it was a it was a thing. Was it he was, a whole... was he causing a problem? But wait a minute. I'm just you know, number one, how did you guys find this place? Number two, is this? You remember? Have you ever seen that movie, The Goonies, and the the Fratellis that robbed the bank? And All right, I'm back. Here are your three Mai Tais, and Perfect. your Thank Miller you so Lite High Life Flats, and your Fago 6040. Hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I can't 6040. Well, why'd you ask for a Fago then? Do you have any other Fago? Well, you know, just in case, I did grab another one just on the way out, just in case that wasn't okay. Here's a 4060 for you. This is the same fucking Fago with the label reversed. Hang on, let me see if I have anything else. These Here's a 5050. I just watched you scribble it out. That's a Fago 5050. This? Uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take this. It's, it's fine. This fucking Fantastic. imaginary beer is super flat. Is it supposed to be flat? You ordered the flats. It's nothing I can no, do. I ordered that. a Sharps. You brought well, you me a flat. And I said we couldn't get it. And then you said, I'll take the flat. You said it was the you same ordered. on a lower shelf. Uh-huh. How low was that shelf? It was like three or four feet. It's kind of mid, mid-level mid shelf, huh? Three or four feet? That doesn't tell me anything. Why does this matter? Eric, yes? Me? Yeah, that's me. Not those. Right. These two are not Eric, but I am. Hi, I'm, I'm Aaron, by the way. Hello, Aaron. You'll have your time. That's Blade. There's Blade. Hey. That Blade is right here. I'm Blade here. Hey. Your time will also come. Uh, oh. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, for now. Uh, are we being Eric, I, I believe you have a, an, an appointment with the manager. Uh, so it says here on my notepad. What? I don't have an appointment with anything except the fucking Met Gala, which happens uh, whenever this is taking place, apparently. Well, the notepad says it. You know what? I'm going to need to talk to your manager. Good. That is the purpose of an appointment. Whatever. Uh, take me to your manager and... All your base are belong to us. Right this way. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Schmeeveburger in Paradise Bar and Grill and Rehabilitation Relocation Home for Wayward Juggalos. You are joined by your host, Schmeeve. The other guy's still not here. Uh, he's he's taking a break. He wasn't able to make it to the vacation this year. You know, the plans just didn't didn't work out. Um, but a- as you heard in the last episode, you know, I can't I can't do this alone. I don't like to do it. You've heard me review a single album alone, and I was bullshitting it. It was a fake review for Yum Yum Bedlam. Uh, but I need somebody else here. I gotta bounce shit off of people because I just cannot carry stuff on my own so i do have another person who is joining me here in in the cabana today who who is this mysterious person it's me it is mario (laughs) (laughs) wahoo yippee Hi, I'm Eric from the ICP with We and Twisted With Us podcasts, and also from, you might remember me from previous episodes of Juggalo Judgment. Hell yeah, you've, you've certainly been around, you know, ever I, since like the, 
two years or something ago that that we all hooked up i don't god it it's more than that at this point yeah. i think yeah it's crazy. yeah it's true though much like tupac shakur i get around <laughs> true true well we're here today to talk about a little little album and and uh what what album are we talking about today we are talking about an album called the lion's roar by first aid kit yes uh this is a a swedish folk group consisting of joanna and clara soderberg it's got a yeah, sure. loud in it you know i, I they're the daughters of steven soderberg of course yeah that's not true i made that <laughs> part up but yeah um this is a band that i found back in the day so I've talked before about the times whenever I had people suggest albums to me and I listened to them and did a review yes. thing. Uh, this was from an even earlier incarnation of that idea uh, after I had a Tumblr for some reason. And uh, I would go to an FYE or whatever and just look at something. And if it intrigued me by the name or cover, I'd pick it up and give it a listen and then put up a big post talking about it. If I was with people, I'd be like, hey, go find me something that you've never heard of before that looks interesting. And I, I found some stuff like that. And this one intrigued me because first aid kit, you know, my mind goes to a video game thing, even though first aid kit is absolutely a real thing that exists and has existed for a while. Yes. My mind is, I'm, I'm, my brain is poisoned. Uh, now, see, when I first heard that there was a band called first aid kit, which was from you, <laughs> My brain went straight to um, like 90s Midwest emo or, you know, 2010s like indie rock because that's what I – I feel like that name fits that type of band. And it. some of the underpinnings of this album definitely scream <laughs> indie rock to me even if it doesn't sound super indie rock. For sure. For sure. There's there's definitely a lot of that kind of vibe in in the theming and stuff. Um, but yeah, th this is just one that I picked up. I feel like it, w it must've been somewhere shortly after it was released. Cause it was in, when was this? This is a 2012 album. Yeah, this right? is a 2012 album, which would have been when I was 22, I was in school. Well, I was in college still. Um, and that was around the time that I was doing this shit. So I've, I feel like it was probably at least like maybe a year after this came out and I picked up a used copy at FYE. <laughs> nice. Now, I've noticed, I did not realize this before, but uh, there's, I guess, a longer version of this album with an extra four tracks that exists. It's not the one that I have. <laughs> I I addressed that in the end of my notes because so, so what I did was, oh. number one, I just want to compliment you on the Schmeefberger in Paradise Cabana. Oh, thank you. This is beautiful. Last time I was here, I was locked for three days in the back room of the basement. Interestingly enough, the door was never actually locked. I just think you guys didn't check. You know, you're probably right. I mean, we were happy to be there. It was <laughs> We were content to be there talking about our favorite tunes and stuff like that. And uh, so, but I mean, this is, this is wonderful. I... I'm still struggling to figure out how I got here because I feel like one moment I was talking to Robbie and and uh, Aaron and we were discussing some kind of world tour 
And then the next thing I know, I am sitting in this cabana listening to an album I've never heard before. It's odd, you know? Confusion strikes us all at different times. You're confused how you got here. I'm confused what a cabana actually is. Uh, but, you know, we all just kind of kind of do, do our best with the hand we're given. Indeed. Indeed. But I will say, having listened to this album several times now, <laughs> uh, I was blown away to find out that this duo... This it's a it's a it's it's a pair of sisters as you mentioned. I I did no research before listening to this. I just I listened two or three times before I sat down and looked anything up about the band. Mm-hmm. I could not believe they're not from America, but but from Sweden. Yeah. There's no <laughs> discernible accent there. There are scant references, and I'll bring one of them up later that give you an indication that they're not from the U.S. But Almost all of the influences that you hear or that I perceived in this album are very Americana focused. Yep. And their accents that they have picked up have a southern twang to them. And they use the break in their voice like traditionalist country singers. And there's steel guitars on this. And there are, you know, sort of fiddle style violin portions to it. There's so many things like. Um, I'm listening to this, and in my first listen right away, I kind of went, okay, this sounds like country music to me, Mm -hmm. but passed through an indie filter. I think at the base of everything, you've got this country, folksy, indie rock sensibility to everything that they're doing. And from song to song, you also hear like some 60s pop influence you hear some almost tejano southwest musical influence you hear 70s folk rock influences and americana influences and there's even a song the first one that we talk about where there are some classical instrumental arrangements that almost conjure images of a renaissance group at times (laughs) like there is some really strange stuff that's the one outlying style although things like that made their way into some of the 70s folk rock this is definitely a group of i would say relatively young at the time that this came out in their teens i think for the Uh, most part they would have been they would have been around 20s yeah because uh they were 1990 93 yeah okay okay so so early 20s um or 19 and uh they're most of the styles here that i hear are things that were popular whether it was in the country or pop or rock world from the like 50s through the 70s mm-hmm. is the, is a lot of the sounds that you're hearing. Now, I don't really like or listen to music that's commonly grouped into indie <laughs> or country. Uh, but I was surprised to find out that this group that I've never heard of before you introduced me to them is a long-running, well-known, award-winning group that has collaborated with well-known artists yeah they have a song with pink i was like what is this i actually did not know Um, that (laughs) yeah aside from hearing the song emmy lou because you put it on our top 100 albums list i'd never heard of this group at all Mm. Uh, and this is just a huge mashup of styles that i generally don't like and this isn't an album that i would have (laughs) normally given a first much less second chance uh, or third if you hadn't (laughs) kept me captive here with this on repeat 
With that said, I feel that they do what they do well. Mm. It's got such a mood that I can appreciate. And I also feel that it's okay to throw every steel guitar on the planet into a volcano. Damn. That's Um, harsh. But I want to bring something up to you. I'm listening to this blend of styles that have country. And I I don't hate country from the era that they are pulling actually i like some of that stuff it's it's definitely um, very distinct from yes. the modern country <laughs> it's not modern pop country but they mix the country with other styles which sometimes can be disastrous like i do not like country rap that's not a thing i can get <laughs> into at all but this reminded me of an album that i really liked back in the day called i am shelby lynn by shelby lynn uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard her or heard of her. I think familiar. she was kind of poised to be the next big thing, but never really broke through into mainstream. But she is a country singer who has that country twang and aesthetic, but delivers it through a classic soulful R&B filter, which doesn't sound like it should work, but it really does. It's got a poppy, I would say at times almost 60s like pop R&B, Motowny feel to it. Not the upbeat type stuff, but the more soulful. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting because if you ask me, do I like country music? I'd say generally no. But then I think back to things like that. And I've heard some like a song by Clem Snide that I really liked and stuff like that. So when you take traditional country and mix it with other elements, I tend to like it. That's my spiel on this album. Rad. Yeah. In, in general, like country i've been okay with for the most part you know Mm -hmm. depending on what it is i've enjoyed some garth brooks he's fun sometimes he was kind of like the turning point for country becoming more of what it is today but he still had a good bit of you know that that old shit in there uh but i mean i feel like i feel like if if somebody would if somebody's going to dunk on Kenny Rogers, it's just like, I don't know what you're doing because Kenny Rogers, come on. I mean, come Kenny on. and Dolly is classic Christmas music. <laughs> Even outside of Christmas. I mean, you got to tell me you hear Coward of the County and you're not like, oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to it outside Christmas. That's the one place <laughs> that country country music, I'm like, yeah, that's fine right there. But yeah, this – um. This one is definitely like like you said. It's there's a lot of styles going on in here. They're they're swinging all there over is. the place with it, and yeah, I mean this this is just one album that I actually after I got it, I listened to it a little bit, obviously because you know I typed up a whole thing about it. But then I didn't give like a big listen to it for a while until I feel like it was whenever I was going to get. I think my first jab, actually, first or second jab. <laughs> um, and I just had a long drive somewhere because it was in the time before you could just go to your Walmart and get your fucking COVID jab. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to go out to like past Monroeville or something for for the Pennsylvania people, which is a long ways from. That's where like I'm an at. hour and a half for you. It's a while. <laughs> so. I had a long drive, so I was able to listen to something, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to throw this on. And this is one that I've had on the list for a bit to uh, have at the, at the Spiefburger in Paradise Bar and Grill. Mm. You know, I've, I've been thinking about it, and I actually pulled most of the ones that I did for for this uh, this season off of that that list that I've been developing. So 
Mike, if, if you hate this, you dodged a bullet. Good job. But uh, <laughs> don't matter. It don't matter. I'll get you with something. I, I can't I can't say whether I think Mike would like this or not. Hard I think it's hard to hate what this is because it's very earnest. Hmm. It's very, I think, honest and, and heartfelt. So even if you don't particularly like the music, I think you'd be able to go, yeah, this is well done. I don't hate <laughs> this, even if I don't want to listen to it. For sure. It took me at least three listens before it got into my brain and I started to understand it, I think. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I think I think we've covered the preamble, you know? I think so. I feel like that's pretty well done. And the only thing that we have left to do is to crack open a beach beverage. Oh. Eric, what do you beach got? Beach beverage. What do you drink at the beach? Well, you know, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a pretty hot day out here. You know, sun's just fucking beating down and all that. Oh, yeah, it is. Gotta, yeah. gotta stay properly hydrated, so I just got myself a big old stein of water here. Oh, yeah. I, um, I wasn't sure what to bring. I kind of just had what was with me when we got here. I'm- Again, I'm not sure where we are or why it's so warm or what time of day it is even. Who can say? Um, I've got some coffee. Mm-hmm. I- I've got some muffs. <laughs> I have I, I you know, I always keep one with me. I've got a, a half of of a <laughs> firework fago. And then I just I just have a talking rain seltzer water as well. This is that's what I had in my backpack. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we also have all of these available at the Schmeeburger and Paradise Bar and Grill. The the, oh, the inventory I, at the Schmeeburger. I'm not supposed to bring outside food and drink in. Well, huh? I mean, you can kind of cover it up. The inventory at the Schmeeburger and Paradise Bar and Grill is is limited only by what's available at in your own house. You know, I sat down there with the inventory for the better part of a week and never once looked at what was down there. You know, it may have creeped you out a little bit to find that it's literally just whatever's in your fridge and or pantry. Oh, weird. <laughs> but with that, I think it's time to get into this album. Let's, Let's get into it. Start with track one, The Lion's Roar.
got a little waltzy boy in here. Yeah. What do you What do you think, Eric? So it was just getting to the part that gives me that Renaissance fair feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a really strange opening number to choose because it is not. Although there are things here that sound like them, it's not super representative of the rest of the album. This is an outlier. Sure. It's very dramatic. It's very intense at times, even if it starts simple like that. It's a, it's a somber song, but also a very intense song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm mentioning that sort of Renaissance fair feel, but I think that it could fall into that folk category. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that in the 70s rock scene, it wasn't uncommon to hear elements of stuff like this mixed in to the music. On my first listen, I did not care for this. <laughs> it wasn't until the third or fourth time and after having heard the rest of the album and then coming back to it that this one came into focus for me. Uh, I, I think it reads more like if you were – traditionally putting together an album, this would be a decent final track. It feels like a dramatic swell. Really interesting to put it as the opener, because when you jump into the next track, there is (laughs) such a shift in tone. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like this one, it it is very like, God, the build of it is just, it, it, it becomes so fucking like, it's got this grand feeling by the end of it. It's just yes. whenever it kicks in, it's it's like a it's like a folk wall of sound. <laughs> it's yes. just like this it's big and stuff and like I, the the one thing that I really enjoy uh listening to them is just their phrasing in in their lyrics and stuff, not like just the way that they sing them. And, you know, work out their meters and stuff is mm. just so interesting. <laughs> like, a lot of times with, you know, if you're singing, singing, a lot of your lines have, they follow a melody. And you're going to sing in a specific way. And so a lot of your lines come out that way. But then whenever we look at something like what we usually talk about, hip hop and shit, you talk about flows and stuff and changing up mm-hmm. your flows. They're doing that, but with melody. <laughs> and I right. love I mean, I the way that she does is that. A, yeah. Cadence is a huge part of vocal delivery, no matter what type of music. For sure. On, right. So I I sense that too. And there's actually, I, you've got that, that sort of country delivery filter, right? Like I mentioned, using that break in your voice a lot. Mm-hmm. But also there is a certain tone, especially from Clara or Clara, because they're from Sweden. True. I would assume uh, in, a, in a song or two, I'm going to bring up another artist that I I realize her delivery and tone and style is extremely similar to or reminiscent of. Nice. Yeah, I look forward I, to finding out if I know who this is. <laughs> I Yeah, I will, I'll be curious to know if A, you're like, oh, yeah, or B, you're like, I've also noticed this. Okay, okay. Or C, I have no idea who the fuck that is, but there's zero <laughs> right. chance. There is zero chance. But yeah, uh, and also in general, because th- this is like a very 
weird song in terms of like lyrics and stuff because it's very abstract i guess it 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 kind of gestures towards feelings and stuff more so than saying something outright but mo more or less and the best laid schemes of mice and men right yeah you know there's there's a lot of um throughout this album references to uh, heartbreak or conflicts romantically yes or longing and love things like that uh it's it's the pain side of love is where most of this album falls for sure and also like just the just just the inability to to grasp hold of something and you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just the lack of control in life <laughs> and Indeed. the desire to have that but fuck it it ain't gonna let you <laughs> no no you there's regardless of what it is you've gone through in your life you have experienced feelings that they are identifying throughout this album that you can connect to even if it's for different reasons or through different scenarios yes all right Let, let's move on to another one of those feelings and or experiences track let's. two emmy lou moments where we get just a a little nod to the fact that they are in fact from sweden but then b right. uh this this entire track heavily hinges around references to american pop culture icons right there is one line where they say stockholm is cold and if you're not paying attention it is so surrounded completely by the American artists and and references, it just, everything about this sounds like an American country song. Mm -hmm. This is one of the more straightforward stylistically songs that they do on the album. It doesn't really mix in something strange. This is a kind of sugary, sweet country folk pop indie love ballad. For sure. Right? And now I just said multiple styles, but this would play on country radio just fine. Mm -hmm. uh, it would... Uh, probably uh play okay on a pop station i could see that and indie kids would definitely love this as well mm -hmm. so 
it just, you know, you've got, you heard it there, references to popular country artists that were prominent during the era from which they clearly draw the bulk of their inspirations. Indeed. You know, I feel like along with all of those other ones, I feel like if if a radio station is willing to play Amy by Pure Prairie League, and a lot of radio stations are willing to play Amy by Pure Prairie League, rock stations even, I feel like this could play right alongside it. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but okay. You probably know it if you heard it. Maybe. Is it in commercials and stuff? It, it was just around. It, it's just one that I've heard a whole lot because it was it's, it's a big around. radio song. <laughs> so in the hook, they're talking about Emmy Lou Harris, I assume, right? Correct. And the June and Johnny one is easy. Mm-hmm. June Carter and Johnny Cash. Indeed. And Graham is Graham Norton from the British TV show. <laughs> Graham Parsons. Graham Parsons. Close. Who Emmy Lou Harris was <laughs> kind of connected to in a relationship with, but apparently he tragically died prior to her ever being able to profess her love to him. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's a, you talked about that deep sense of longing that appears in some of these songs. On the surface, this seems upbeat and happy, but there is definitely that deep sense of longing under it. Yeah. I mean, even even just in, in the chorus to it, like the last line, it's not like it's not like, yeah, you know, be with be be in love with me. We we have relationship. It's like, nah, just sing with me at the very least. Can I get something? Yeah. Give me anything. <laughs> Uh, and it's. I think this is a clear single, for sure. Yeah, I, I do believe this is, in fact, a single. <laughs> one of one of the most surprising things to me when I actually took the time to look this band up is that this song was named by Rolling Stone as one of the top ten songs of 2012, and I'm like, I've never Shit. heard of this. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a big song. Yeah. For sure, and uh, you know. I feel like it very well deserves it. Uh, yeah. It's just a very pleasant song to listen to, even while it is just talking about, you know, grappling with the the leftover feelings from, from past disappointments and trying to move past those with a new thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like this song, actually. This is kind of nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else for Emmy Lou? I don't. No, I think we we kind of covered Emmy Lou. People heard it. We talked about it. Yeah. For there sure. you go. All right. Track three in the hearts of men. Convince others 
<laughs> Long pause. <laughs> this is the one where I want to talk about another artist. Okay. So this song and a couple of other specific songs on the album really bring to mind another artist. And I've noticed that it's generally the songs that Clara, Clara is the main vocalist on. Especially Which is a the lot of ballad them. type stuff. Right. There's several, uh, but there's a couple songs where she is more front and center like this one. And I've realized that her voice, her tone, her inflection, delivery, everything is very similar to Lana Del Rey. I have not listened to enough Lana Del Rey to be able to make this uh, comparison. Okay. Especially the post born to die Lana Del Rey stuff. Cause Lana Del Rey was a little more poppy on her first album or two, which coincidentally those two albums came out or her first album came out in 2010 ish. I think she had some EPs before that. And 2012 was born to die. Born to die is about half and half, half stuff where she sounds like this half stuff that more leans on the poppy side of things um, to me. And there is this melancholy, moody, almost disaffected feel. There's this pouty, defiant, almost uh, apathetic at moment. I don't. How can you be apathetic and moody at the same time? But she manages <laughs> to do it with her voice. If you hear it here, I actually really like this song, and I like the the parts where the harmonies come in and stuff. This is a nice song to listen to. Like mm -hmm. this one caught me a little bit by surprise and it doesn't have thick country vibes to it. Yeah, no, it's uh it's it's pretty laid back on that. Um it's it's interesting because <laughs> in this one and it's just a weird comparison that comes to mind, but it, it's mostly in whenever like drums kick in in this is that my brain just goes to Pink Floyd because the drums are Nick Mason as fuck. Like when I hear the fills that they play and yep. shit and just how laid yes. back a lot of it is. If you if you compare this song structurally and orally to a song like Wish You Were Here. Yeah. I can see that. It's there <laughs> there's some there. Again, another not American, but 60s mm -hmm. rock, 60s, 70s rock group that they probably drew some inspiration from musically or whoever is building these arrangements and producing could see it <laughs> but yeah uh, it's this one is like just a whole lot of talking about the the masks we wear in our daily life you know the, the they say yeah. it in the in the very first line which is the chorus <laughs> the yeah. parts we play to convince others yeah, again, there's a lot of things that you connect with here. Even and I think a good songwriter can do that. It's it's one thing to write deeply about your own experiences because that can be really impactful to listen to. Something that you listen to somebody else and you go, "Wow, they really just open their heart up here." Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to be able to write in an interesting way, in a unique way that's not too generic about your experiences, but display them in a manner that other people can filter them through their own life and go, ah, I, I, I know what you're talking about, even if I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, it's very, it's still like very deeply personal whenever you, you know, whenever you're singing it, it is about the things, 
but it's just far enough removed that anyone else can be like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Damn yeah. it. <laughs> now, again, even at this point, we're three songs in, and I just want to tell you how good it feels to be listening to an album that is competently written, performed, and recorded. <laughs> because lately, I've not been super used to it. We've been doing the Songs We Still Missed episodes, oh, God, which is yeah. the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. And there's a lot of stuff there that's not a lot of thought or effort <laughs> or talent went into some of that. So, What are you trying to say about Limp Bizkit's live performance of Fame <laughs> featuring Chevy Tudor? I mean, that's a diamond in the rough, my friend. <laughs> but right. yeah, I, I like I liked this song, and I'm not sure if it's because it reminds me of Lana Del Rey or because <laughs> I like this song. Either way. Fair, you know, I mean, what's the difference? You know, if, if you like it because it reminds you of something, I'd say you like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, your assigned listening after we're done with this is I want you to listen to at least the first couple songs on I Am Shelby Lynn. And right. that's that's from the early 2000s, I think. And then um, listen to some Lana Del Rey. Taking I would say notes. I would suggest listen to Born to Die. That's that I think is is a good album to listen to. That that's her 2012 album from the same era. You'll draw some comparisons, but you'll also hear some really cool songs that that I like. They're like uh, off to the races. And if you can find the special edition that's got Lolita, that's my favorite Lana Del Rey song. So not representative of what her current style is because she <sighs> went more like less, less, less poppy, less, less big production and more sort of sultry, soulful, sort of sad. Well, like this song. Okay, sort of yeah. <laughs> more the direction of the song we just listened to. So there you go. Right on. All right. Well, I, I will. I will do that. I have time today. I can. Okay. I can do a workout. And I can give a listen to that and play video games. Radical. And, and all of you listening now here in in the second week of of April can also do that, and you should probably do it, nerds. <laughs> all right. Moving on to track number four, blue. In the morning on the train You seem to stare out at the rain Or bury yourself in your books Don't look at no strangers, no Don't give them any looks Well, you ask yourself why you're so afraid Why you hesitate when Someone asks your name, but they'll come too close if you tell them the truth. Who's to say they want something from you? But you're just a shell of your former you. That stranger. This is one of the most non-traditional covers I've ever heard. <laughs> this is a cover. Eiffel 65 oh, clearly God. didn't sign off on this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
This is just like the gourds doing gin and juice all over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, honestly, this song, if I was not listening to an album that I knew was a modern album, and I just heard this somewhere, I would think that this was a song from the 60s. I could definitely see it. Uh, uh, it, it, it has such 60s pop vibes, and... I put it on my top albums of all time. This almost is reminiscent of something that could have appeared on Pet Sounds musically. Oh, yeah. So it's got that ambivalent, like happy musical tone, but so, sort of sad, introspective lyrics. So much which, of this. <laughs> yeah, happens there a lot. Uh, and although this seems to be a song about a person who lost the only man that they ever loved and feels incapable of loving again. There are also certain passages in the song that connected with me on such a personal level that I kind of felt targeted. I was like, hey, <laughs> back off, you know? <laughs> like when it says, uh, now you're a shell of your former you, the stranger in the mirror. Oh, that's you. Why do you look so blue? Maybe tomorrow you'll make a change. Maybe someday soon you'll find the strength. I was like, stop, stop. I'm not here for this right now. Just stop. <laughs> that's, you know. It's like classic Clara storytelling. We talk about it on this show all yeah, the time. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those past past disappointments in life or past tragedies, however, uh, whichever end they, they're on, they they can stick with you. And uh, if, if you let them, they will fucking destroy you. <laughs> yes. And this actually yeah. has a video. Um, during one of my listens, I just pulled it up on YouTube because I didn't have the files with me. Um, and there are some videos for some of these, including this one. This was an interesting video, too, because you just have like this this older woman at the very beginning of it. There's just like an old man standing out in the yard, you know, doing a little yard work. Heart attack dies. And she just kind of oh. looks out. And she looks out and doesn't like really react to it at all. And it's just kind of her attempt, like trying to recapture her youth and just whenever that that shell cracks she just can't face people anymore you know hmm. and it's just that's like it's not what the song is about lyrically but it's I mean, a little bit <laughs> it, it no can i just be. mean it's not it's not the story it tells a For different sure. story probably yeah. a similar emotion though it's got vibes <laughs> yeah it's it's an odd one uh but yeah it's <laughs> you know, this, Mike, if you're listening, this one's for you. This is this is that happy sounding song that's just fucking kicking yeah. your teeth in. Lyrically. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I love that aspect of it. Also, Aaron, if you're listening, this is for you. You love that kind of shit. I actually think Aaron would like a good bit of this album. But this song specifically, I think you need to listen to. Blue. Right on. Da-ba-dee, da-ba-da. <laughs> Maybe I should have put this on the list, but oh, well. <laughs> All right. Uh, if, if we got nothing else, I can. That's what I've got. Nice. Can move on to track five. This old routine. Let's go. So you come on home, walk through the door. She's in the kitchen, searching through the drawer. So you stop and watch her and ask what she's looking for She says she's not sure 
You know, I don't know how I haven't brought it up before this. I think it's just because it's so present throughout this entire album that I didn't note it on any particular song, but holy fuck, do I love their goddamn harmonies, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep. They are, they meld so well together, like, their voices just, ah, I can't, it's just so good. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard to What are the express. chances you find... Two sisters that can not only sing, but actually have a good and unique vocal tone, but are also adept at creating this type of harmony and songwriting, especially at this age, because this yeah. is not their first album. They've been doing this <laughs> since they were in their, you know, young teens or whatever. Uh, maybe that's why. Maybe they, you know, from a young age were being trained and learning and growing. But yeah, sure. it's, it, it's, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I feel like this is another one that can very easily feel very targeted. <laughs> but this, unlike the last song, this is not a happy sounding song about True. being sad. <laughs> this is a sad song about being sad. <laughs> like I, I, you know, it's it's hard to say. Uh, it, it it would be hard to find somebody who has not felt just completely fucking stuck in life and questioning like how how did i get here yeah <laughs> and is this what i want does this make sense and and you know the the most you can do is find those those moments that you know remind you why yeah. you're, you're where you're at and why you stay there i suppose that's happy in a sense to find that sort of content in, in in things when you have those questions yeah so maybe it's a sad song about being happy <laughs> yeah you know a sad song about doing your best <laughs> yeah because <laughs> um and, and we'll talk about that feeling in a song <laughs> we, we will so this song is interesting because it's one of the first ones where the 50s and 60s country influence, especially Johnny Cash, it seems prominent. And in in the sense that the sh- music structurally kind of feels like classic Johnny Cash songs. You've got this 4-4 four, four strumming, this 
creating a beat that's, that just drives you through and almost half singing, but more speaking through the story portion of verses before you go into a sung chorus. There is some structure there that feels like they're pulling in influence from, you know, kind of classic country music from that era. For sure. And and just even just like the, the way that they are singing it, they're the strong turnarounds and stuff at the, uh, at the mm-hmm. end of a verse that go right back to the one it's just, it is the most, the most like old school classic country thing in the world. Yes. Yes. Uh, and even like also on those turnarounds, cause they do a thing that I, it's, it's a folk and country thing where they'll, they'll break from the four, four, have like a two, four bar for one of their lines or something, or at the very least they, they cut a line short in some way on that turnaround. Yeah. And it's just like, this is as classic as classic gets. And it's heartbreaking, but damn, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, my relationship with country music in that way is if it's on, I can appreciate it. You know, there was a, a moment when I kind of was listening to Patsy Cline and stuff and going, wow, I really like what this is. But it's not something that I listen to regularly. It doesn't show up on my Spotify, like end of year rap right. and things like that. <laughs> uh, but it's something that I appreciate. And when it's on, I, I like it. Hmm. But I don't go to it. I don't listen to it a lot. I don't have – you know, sometimes you wake up and you've got a song in your head. Mm-hmm. And you just need to listen to it or something gets stuck in your mind for the, and you, this is not the kind of thing that does that to me. I'm not, I don't have the feeling or the mood that makes me want to go listen to it. And yet when it comes on, I like it. You know, that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else for this? No, I think that's what I've got. All right. Well, I thought loving was what you got. <laughs> I was told to it remember is. that. Just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, track six to a poet. No. 
nothing more to it I just get through it Again, talking right to my heart. <laughs> just get through it. Yep. Uh, again, Clara singing here. Very Lana Del Rey. Uh, big time for me. But this song has big time folk influences. And those high harmonies in the chorus are haunting. Just for unbelievable sure. good. They uh, actually bring my mind to... A different Americana band, actually. Possibly the Americana band. America. God, please tell me. Okay. Shmeev, I need to talk to you here. Okay. This song has been driving me absolutely batshit. Because you've been hearing Ventura Highway in that chorus, and you haven't been able to place it. Maybe, but it's not the <laughs> chorus where I'm hearing something. Okay, shit. <laughs> about... Three minutes into this song, the last two minutes, there's a massive change to the song. It's a different, like, very different progression in the music. And it, it is a 70s, like, folksy ballad song. I feel like they took direct inspiration. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, my Spotify algorithm is completely fucked right now. <laughs> because I keep thinking of songs. I'm like, is this it? No, that's not it. Like, I'm like... America, Seals and Crofts, Fleetwood Mac. I'm like going through songs going, what is this? It's a very specific song. At one point I was like, is this the end of Hey Jude by the Beatles? And then I listened to it and I'm like, similar, but this is not the one I'm thinking of. And then I'm driving home yesterday and I'm like, this is Neil Young. It's a Neil Young song. That's what it is. I'm like, is it, is it the, the later portions of Old Man? And I'm like, Close, but not quite. And I was hoping you were going to say a song Shit. that figured it out for me, and I cannot find it. So sorry. But all of the all of the artists I just mentioned have a lot of inspiration, or there are, there are similarities musically here in the latter portion of this song. Yeah, it's even in the first half. Yeah, it, like like I said in that chorus, like my my brain every like because I was stuck trying to think of what the fuck I was hearing in that part of it. Because I was like, there, there's something in their vocal lines that is just tugging at my damn brain. And I was like, I'm so sure it's America because that's classic America sound. But I have them written down. I right did here. not know Ventura Highway by name. So yeah. <laughs> I know two, uh, maybe I I two songs by name. <laughs> give it to me right now. Let me hear it. Uh, what part? What? Play that song for me. Ventura Highway. I don't have it. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going to listen to it on my end then. Okay. <laughs> This is going to be easy. That look on your face. <laughs> okay. I don't know that song. Okay. I have been through the desert on a horse with no name, though. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there there are more ballad-type songs by America that that this brings me back to. Yeah. Like, like I said, I know that song. I know Horse With No Name. I know Sister Golden Hair. That's about the extent of my America knowledge. Yeah. I, I don't know them well, but <laughs> whatever song in the last two minutes that this feels like it's replicating, at some point I'm going to hear it somewhere and I'm going to go, that's the fucking song. That's it. <laughs> if anyone's listening to this right now, right now on March 4th and not whenever it comes out, uh, and you know- Give, give, give us a give us a ring. Call me on my, on my yeah. cell phone. 
I, uh, I went to Genius to see if anybody annotated this, and Mustard dropped the fucking ball. <laughs> God damn it, Mustard. I'm going to rake you over the fucking coals here. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? Mustard, what song is it? Is it one of the artists I just mentioned? I don't know. Either way, this is a nice song. I like it. I, I, I really, yeah. I like the sentiment in it because there's a lot of, there's a lot of this idea of like some, some special secret power that people access within themselves to, you know, push through stuff. And it's like, no, it, it's really just, you have no other choice, but to just keep going. Sometimes you're just carried by your body is kind of locomoting on its own at this point. And that's what you can do, and it's the best you can do, and you're fucking doing it. <laughs> Man, everybody's doing a brand new dance now. <laughs> Come on, baby. Do the self-locomoting. <laughs> <laughs> Move your arms up and down and make that uh, sound. <laughs> <laughs> Crawl out of bed and get in your car, drive to work, get through your day. Come on, baby. Do the self-locomoting. <laughs> All right. I think that's what we have for two about. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Track seven, I found a way. interesting cover we have you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh also another song that gives me big time lana del rey vibes and i think part of it is a lot of times in pop music or rock music you you write your vocal cadences in an, a sort of ascending scale you are rising notes <laughs> but in a lot of their songs when especially when clara is singing they are descending or she ends phrases down instead of up. And that's something that Lana Del Rey does a lot. 
and it's sort of distinctive to her, which is probably why my brain is connecting here. Uh, it's that. it's an interesting thing. It gives a mood to a song that if instead of she goes da 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 da, da or something like that, you come down da 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 da, and it's very it changes the mood of the song, and she does mm-hmm. that a lot musically in in these songs and. That's one of the things that hits me here. Also, another, I'm going to say Johnny Cash is a big inspiration, especially when that like pseudo military snare drum cadence comes in on driving below the music. Yeah, it's a interesting song. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, like another just really surprising influence that they got, you know, she she opens it up. She says, um, oh, my God, it's me. It's me. You've come to take my duality a word invented in 2004 by Corey Taylor of Slipknot. Uh, That's true. Very just unexpected to, to find that here. Um, yeah, she they came to take her CD single. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, damn. You know, I, I'd love this one. That this this kind of just driving feeling is is kind of like that classic. To to me, it's it's a very classic folk vibe thing where it's just like you know you can just kind of stomp your feet a little bit to it very sadly because it's always sad (laughs) stomp your feet in sadness (laughs) (laughs) you get a little stomp clap going and you're just like you know you're not really into it you're into it but you're not like like happy about it (laughs) clap your hands to the sound of every firstborn dying now (laughs) (laughs) that's that's from a song that I put on our top 100. <laughs> but yeah, uh, lyrically, lyrically, Hoofa Doofa very much feels like a like a cycle of depression going on here. You have like just everything kind of bubbling up to you during the night. And then, you know, morning breaks and all of a sudden you feel like you're kind of back in control of things or at the very least some some of the cloud has been lifted <laughs> and in well, this that's case a real, that's a real thing that oh, really yeah. happens i i am familiar <laughs> yeah you know you 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 get through your day being distracted and doing things that need to be done or i don't know there's a certain i don't know peace to being in the light and then you get to night and you are saddled with your thoughts you are alone with that even if you're not alone you are you know forced to sit with who you are and and what you're feeling and night can be really difficult and it's definitely that cycle yeah everything that you had to shove off during the day it's like well you gotta deal with me sometime (laughs) it's there waiting for you at the end of the day and and definitely in this case feels in addition, connected to a person, <laughs> as as <Yeah>. it does. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, goddamn, like being able to contain that entire concept just within the chorus of it is is really good. Like it, it is it is amazing to have that swift of a turnaround i think to me at least i don't know it just feels that like to be able to just i mean that's what a chorus is for usually is to contain the the thesis (laughs) right right but 
I don't know, sometimes it's usually a counterpoint to the verses. You know, the verses contain the the part that the chorus is countering, and that's where you get your whole thing from. But it's like, nah, here's the whole thing. It's like, damn, good yeah. shit. Yeah, it's a good sad song. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> yeah, except for the ones that are like happy, sad, or sad, happy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. Um, I think with that, we can move on to track. Oh, by the way, whenever I joked about this being a cover song, uh, it's because I searched on Google for this real quick, and what came up was the Drake Bell song. And you know what? He doesn't deserve to show up anymore. <laughs> Isn't he a Disney person? He's a Nickelodeon person. Nickelodeon. I knew it was one of those things I didn't watch. Now he's a sex offender person. Oh, mm, nope. He found a way to get canceled. (laughs) (laughs) All right, track eight. (laughs) Dance to another tune. Take a good look at me and tell me who it is that I am. This old mirror, it is broken, there's too much drifting the day. gotta tell you just playing the first portion of that song does not tell you the whole story no because not exactly the whole first two-thirds of this song is this dark intense somber tone lyrically and musically and then there's a sudden shift just before three minutes and 30 seconds and it's a totally changes the mood it lightens the whole song and it's got big like late 60s beatles energy going on and then for the end it dives back down to the darkness again (laughs) you don't get that that swell and drop by just hearing the first few even two minutes of the song you don't get it are you (laughs) There is a, uh, a a comic edit that goes around of uh, Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse. 
Um, where Donald is saying, everything that we know and love is reducible to the absurd acts of chemicals, and there's therefore no intrinsic value to this material universe. <laughs> and Mickey, in classic Mickey Mouse fashion, says, Hypocrite that you are, for you trust the chemicals in your brain to tell you they are chemicals. All knowledge is ultimately based on that which we cannot prove. Will you fight or will you perish like a dog? <laughs> and this song really <laughs> just kind of... <laughs> As goofy as this stupid fucking comic is. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Mickey and Donald, not Goofy. True, true, it is Mickey and Donald. As Mickey and Donald yeah. as this fucking card comic is. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Um, love is a chemical straight from your genitals. <laughs> so I hear, so I hear. Yeah. That's a song. I imagine, yeah. By who? By uh, a band called either Start Trouble or Trouble Is. They changed their name from one to the other at some uh, point. Okay. And I thought I was the only person who knew who this band was until Mike, of all people, was like, I love that band. And I'm like, you love this random band that put out one album that did not do very well like 20 <laughs> years ago? Yeah, th that tracks. That actually tracks really well. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what we're about here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this is another one where, in particular, very much feels like it's not just feeling stagnant in life, but feeling stagnant because you're actively trying to fight the passage of time, the, the winds of change, instead of <laughs> learning to- Is this a Scorpions cover? Roll with the changes. <laughs> it's a Scorpions and Ario Speedwagon cover. Nice. It wrapped it all up into one. <laughs> it's a medley. It's a medley of... Let me figure out which band it is. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I'm holding. It's actually just a JoJo uh, episode. It, yeah, it's a it, it's a mashup uh, of Start Trouble mm -hmm. and Scorpions and Ario Speedwagon all together. <laughs> That's a good... I don't know if it's a good mashup. Actually, that, that's that's questionable. That's a, that's a weird. That's that's a very bizarre mashup. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I do, honestly. I, yeah, I kind of do too. <laughs> I want this stupid bullshit. Make it happen right now. Here, yeah. here's the song. You're gonna do it, and there. Here's here you go. Here's the mashup of Chemical by Start Trouble and Winds of Change by Scorpions and. Whatever Ario Speedwagon song you're referencing. Roll with the changes, baby. You roll with the changes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get on that. I have no choice. You've forced my hand. Uh, if you're Your hearing it, forced. and you should be hearing it, uh, then, then it happened. If you're not, I have failed and didn't. probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't happen, I chose not to do it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I guess now it's time to dance to another tune. Oh, I see uh, what you did there. Uh, track nine, New Year's Eve. Oh, it's a new year where there comes new hope and new fears. Many young man was in tears. He asked me, what induces us to stay here? Said I. Don't know much, and I'm not lying. 
But I think you just have to keep on trying And I know I am naive But if anything That's what's going to save me That's what's going to save me Took a stroll around the neighborhood You listen to Jonathan Colton at all? Uh, I don't give a shit what he says. I don't listen to anybody. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. That name is familiar. And when you said it, I'm like, why do I know that name? So my answer is no, but I'm probably peripherally familiar. Uh, he he wrote like the, the portal themes, both of them still alive and want you gone. That's uh, why I know the name. He's uh, He also did uh, Re Your Brains, which is just a classic. He, he's He's a... He's a goofball in and a nerd, and that's a lot of what people know him for. But he also does a lot of his own, like very genuine music and stuff. Uh, he had a he had projects called Thing a Week, where for I think yeah, I think I think for like an entire year or something, he wrote and produced a song every week. Um, hmm. And one of the ones that he did was called Resolutions. And it's just like a text-to-speech voice. Just, it's just a bunch of different resolutions and stuff. And just hearing it fucking read out in this robotic voice. And then at the end, it, it counts down from 10 and says, Happy New Year. <laughs> So he definitely is familiar to working with robot voices in general. For sure. Uh, this last, actually, last summer, I worked PAX West. And during one of the panels, Ellen McLean, the voice of GLaDOS, was in there. And she sang part of Still Alive live. And it was really something to hear. It's really cool. She's, um, She's been at two MAGFests that I've been at now, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I have her signature on the back of my badge from the first one that I went to. Um, nice. And she, her husband was there, who is also, a, right. you know, prolific in the uh, yeah. he, <laughs> voice he acting voices world. for a bunch of Valve stuff. So they both yep. live in Seattle, where Valve is, and that's how they ended up working with them. But he... Uh, he did a bunch of work for like Team Fortress and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I believe he's yeah. he's the sniper, isn't he? Yeah, he's I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, he 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 pulled out his banjo for a rendition of "Still Alive," "Good Times," and then wow. just this past one, uh, Ellen McLean was in the uh, Mag Fast Room where they do speed runs and sat in for a speed run of Portal Portal One. Yeah, hmm. it, it was pretty Neat. cool. So back to. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. <laughs> which I sincerely and genuinely hoped would be a cover of the Census Fail song that had released two <laughs> years prior to this. Um, but it's not. This is a very minimal song. It's just it that is. strumming guitar in their voices. Uh, and it's uh, it's about being saved by finding it hard to believe. Like, I, I don't believe in things. That's what saved me. <laughs> or being naive. Right. Or maybe that. Having a, a, a healthy fear of of failure, 
at least enough to keep you from totally crashing and burning in a in a dead way. <laughs> in a in a literal way. Yeah. It it's in like each each verse has like a different sort of message, I guess, that they're taking. The first one just being somebody who is like why do we continue to be? Why why are we here? Just to suffer, etc. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say of all the songs on this album, and I might be completely wrong here, but this is probably not one that is a big fan favorite. They probably are not playing it at every show and people are not going, God, I hope they play New Year's Eve. Right. Uh, not bad, <laughs> but this is definitely a, a deep album cut, you know? Sure. Yeah, I, I'd say so. It's it's nice. I like it. I I, I like the chorus. It's very simple. It's it's uh, and it's a quick song too. Well, relatively quick. It feels quick because there's not a relatively. whole lot to it. But yeah, yeah. You got you got verse one. Just keep going, man. Verse two. Make mistakes, man. It's cool. Verse three. Ask for help, dude. Come on. <laughs> and slap that on uh, a poster. Frame it. And sell it at Hobby Lobby. Slap that out on the floor. Slap that. Give me some more. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a poster and sell it at Hobby Lobby. All right. I think we can we can move on to the final track of the version that I'm covering. <laughs> so for clarification, I didn't realize that there were four more tracks. But from what I can I tell... Either. There is not a version of the album that has all four tracks. Those additional uh, four tracks appeared across different versions of the album. So there's a deluxe album, and then there are a couple of B-sides that were included on singles from the album. So all from this album era, but I don't think there's a 14-track version of the album that I've seen. So this is a fucking Juggalo album. Fuck. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you want all the songs, you need to buy the deluxe album plus the singles. Oh, well. But and it comes with a t-shirt and a leather carrying case, and it's $275. <laughs> per CD. All right. Uh, but we, we can move on to the final one that we'll be covering today. Track 10, King of the World. Down, 
my favorite song about the Titanic that does not feature Celine Dion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many things to say about this song. This okay. is the song that like, number one, their rhyme scheme in the hook drives me crazy because feet in the clouds would rhyme, but they say my feet are in the sky. And I'm like, that breaks the rhyme scheme. Why did you do it? Sometimes you have to force a rhyme scheme by putting in a word that doesn't make sense. Trust me, I've done hundreds of episodes about people that like to do that. But in this instance, that word would have perfectly made sense and fit the rhyme scheme. And I don't know if they did it just to subvert expectations or if it's because they're fake Americans. And they don't know how to rhyme properly. I don't know. But also when they do that king of the world, I want them to go up one more step. There's this, they hold that line out and I'm like, go, take, hit me with that, that next, you know, go up a step from there and they, they don't do it. But this has the biggest Johnny Cash vibes on the whole album, the vocal delivery, the storytelling, those like mariachi horns in the bridge that are <laughs> very sure. reminiscent of like Ring of Fire. Yep. Like totally. The other thing that I didn't expect, or maybe I did expect this, I didn't know who the guest verse was. There is a, a man that sings a verse and it's Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes. I had to look him up because I did not know who he, that is. Either. He is an indie god, like like you probably never heard of it, like Too Cool For You Indie Kids, Love Connor <laughs> Oberst and Bright Eyes. And it confirmed to me that despite the many apparent influences throughout this album, my suspicion all along listening was that this album clearly found its home with the indie crowd as the genre kind of crossed over into radio territory during the early 2010s during that time. Mm -hmm. It just from the first time I listened, I'm like, what is this and why does this exist? Who listens to this? And I'm like, it's it gives me this indie rock vibe, even though it's mm -hmm. not indie rock. These are styles and sounds that I think indie rock kids at that time probably were like, yeah, this is cool because it's not cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> this, like it's the most Mumford that, and Sons song on this album. <laughs> totally, totally. It wasn't until my fourth listen going back and taking notes that I figured out who it was featured on this track. Because although I'm familiar with this artist, I never really personally listened to like Bright Eyes or Commander Venus, but I'm, I've am i heard of them. I'm aware of them. It's just not a style that I generally vibe with. I have listened to Cursive, which Commander Venus from there kind of split and formed Bright Eyes and Cursive were the two two bands. And uh, uh -huh. anyway, they, they went two different directions musically, I think, more verging into like the the traditional like emo side and more into the indie sort of folksy side um but wow there is so much in this song this song it sure is <laughs> number one answers your questions number two brings up a lot of questions yeah <laughs> there is god the second verse has just <sighs> the lot there there is a line in this and just in the whole context it is fucking devastating um where she says you know talking about what her biggest fear is and she says that one day i'd wake up all alone with a big family and emptiness deep in my bones that I would be so blind to turn a deaf ear and that my fake laugh would suddenly sound sincere and i'm like oh shit 
That's fucking that heavy. <laughs> like, just getting so used to uh, pretending to be content, I suppose. <laughs> There's another line in the first verse that sort of talks to the same thing. When talking about leaving a diner and you see the 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 waitress is out in her car, like clearly having some sort of mental breakdown or panic attack. But when she sees you, she looks at you and smiles. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we talked about just get through it and stuff. Yeah. There is there there is those those lines where you're like, this is a stop and go. What is life and why am I doing this kind of thing? Having having been an, an employee at a at a Walmart for a while, and just living in that suburban depression zone, mm. God, there are times <laughs> it's just like <laughs> right. I am I am being held up by this Pepsi cooler, and <laughs> I can pl- I will do my best to plaster on a face when somebody gets near me. <laughs> I mean, yes, working in in any sort of customer service or retail, especially like that first verse kind of mentions you are even working in an office for a company. We're forced to just, you know, plaster on the smile, get through your day, act like everything is fine because it's not okay to be absolutely falling apart because you're miserable. You know, that's just not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. And then you do it enough that you start to convince yourself and think, no, the, yeah, maybe I, maybe this is okay. Maybe yeah. I'm happy and content with this. It, I don't know. It's it's terrifying to imagine that you could suddenly feel content in such a deeply unfulfilling life. And, but but you also can't the, find that fulfillment anyway. <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is getting too deep and serious, but maybe. Is that not true happiness when you stop searching and find that sort of baseline contentment and you go, eh, whatever I thought I needed, I don't. I'm. Can I just be okay with this and sort of reconciling those feelings and going, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm fine. In a Buddhist sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It, it's. Um, I guess so. I, I, I guess for me, uh, that that's a pretty deep, like, I, I do want to reach a point of contentedness with a very, you know, a pretty simple life, you know, not, I, I don't need but a lot. But you want to get there by achieving your personal goals and going, ah, I've achieved, attained the things I'm looking to get, now I feel content, versus I have not attained the things I want, <laughs> and yet I'm forced to be content. Well, it's sort of that, like, I don't want a lot, but... God damn, if I'm not constantly fighting to keep it, a lot of people who want to take shit away. <laughs> you know, there's a line in a song by a band I used to love from Austin, Texas called The Impossibles, where they say, it's not getting what you want. It's wanting what you've got. And I sure. haven't got much left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rough time, so. man. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, with that, we've come to the end of The Lion's Roar by First Aid Kit. Yeah. What are you, what are your overall thoughts on this album? 
my overall thoughts are I'm glad to have been forced to listen to this multiple times because uh, much like another album that I'm going to review tomorrow, everything is not what you might initially think it is. Your, Your initial impressions aren't always right. Sometimes you need to sit with something and think and sort of meet a piece of art on the piece of art's level in order to understand and appreciate it. And this was an album like that for me. Am I going to listen to this over and over? No. Will I come back to it? Probably. There are a few songs that I think there will be times when I go, I really want to come back and listen to that song right now. You know, like um, Blue or To a Poet are going to be songs that that might make me go, I'm just I'm just feeling that mood right now and I want to hear it. Um, but yeah, I, again, no aspects of this album are things that I generally like. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is this is a, a a Lego tower of things that don't fall into my personal realm of affinities. <laughs> and yet uh, I think it it all comes together to make a a pretty decent well-rounded album nice. so i don't like it but i appreciate it and That's i like fair. parts of it yeah that how, how many uh how, how many johnny cash hurts out of five would you give this oh gosh um <laughs> uh, well ranking purely on the johnny cash hurt scale i would probably rank this a four Johnny Cash Hurts out of five, but I don't know how qualified I am to rank an album like this, considering this is not a style or a genre that I listen to a lot. <laughs> because if if you took 10 of the most prominent indie and folksy indie groups from that time that I absolutely have heard on TV or a commercial or something, I'm like, God, I hate this. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you if this is better than those, worse than those, derivative, boring. I don't know. This is one of the few experiences I've had with this genre of music. So to me, for Johnny Cash Hurts out of five. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'd say like in some ways, I <laughs> it's it's interesting because there's. There, there, there are two ways to come at something, you know, obviously, if you've been mired in that sort of culture, then you're coming at it in a different way from somebody who hasn't. And in some ways, I feel like there is a benefit to, to not being as mired in that because you don't have the expectations or anything like that. You take it as it comes at face value for what it is and not like any kind of expectation of what you want it to be. And... You know, in that way, I feel like I, I do really enjoy this album a lot just on its face for what it is. Uh, I don't have a whole lot yeah. of background in <laughs> in, yeah. in the styles that it comes from to be able to compare it to much else. So I compare it to it, what I know, which is rock. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good and bad thing. You know, there's a sort of ignorance is bliss aspect to it that I've always rejected because... I don't know. I, I have this burning desire to know the things. I, I need right. to know all the things. And I, you know, find myself like deeply embedded in in a fandom for something, you know, and just trying to 
consume all that I can around it. Yeah. Uh, movies were like that for me for a long time. And it would always be strange to me to talk to like, I would go to a movie every weekend and I would watch every movie that I could, you know, on streaming or video or whatever. And I would seek out uh, really weird independent things. And it just, I kept going deeper and deeper down the, down the rabbit hole because <laughs> I needed more and more, like in order to get that feeling again, the dragon. I to see. Yes, exactly. And that's what it was. <laughs> and then I would talk to somebody that's like, you know, I go to one movie a year and I don't watch many movies and they would watch something that I thought was just complete garbage and be like, I liked it. I had fun with it. And I'm like, well, yeah. we don't know anything about movies. What are you, talking, <laughs> you know, um, I may not but, know movies, but I know what I like. <laughs> right. But I'm like, but you look at it and I'm like, you enjoyed it, though. And without the context of going. Am I thinking deeply about the structure of this and how it was built and why it was built and what it's saying and how it's saying the things that it's saying? You just watched it and went, oh, I felt good about that. Yeah. Or I thought that looked interesting. <laughs> um, and, and that's I think that I'm on that side of it for this. Like <laughs> music. When I was a kid, I thought I knew everything about music. I don't know shit about music. The deeper you get into it, the more you realize you don't know anything because there's so much out there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm on the ignorance is bliss side where I look, listen to this and I'm like, oh, this is a cool, unique thing, whether it is or it's not. <laughs> right. It, it's it's it, it's hard to, to say. Uh, I, I guess it's kind of a case by case basis of like going to a magic show, you know, if you know magic then it's just kind of like right. it's gone go. it's fucking dead like it doesn't matter right, right. <laughs> they got, it's got to be the best go to a magic show it's, it's right? got to be the, the good shit for it to have right. an effect right right but you know like i said for this I, I i do really enjoy this album and i'm glad you came along on this journey with me and i'm now, glad too if only for the fact that i got to hang out with you and talk about stuff always wonderful to have you around dog in, in the, the JJ tradition, though, uh, we got to pick three of these songs that we like and would like to keep and one that we would uh, toss. Hmm. It's tough to figure out one that I want to toss. For sure. Because I don't, there's nothing particularly bad here. There's not a song that I'm like, wow, this is awful. They really botched this. <laughs> uh, for me, though, I think the one that I would toss is probably New Year's Eve because I don't think it serves a lot of purpose on the album except to really bring it down before we come back up at the end. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I would yeah. probably agree uh, with that yeah. of, of all of them. It's, it's, it, it is a tough choice to make for me as well. Cause I do like new year's Eve, but like all of the other ones, I don't know. They're just all really good staples. Yeah, for yeah, there's, <laughs> there's more to, to the other songs that, uh, is memorable and brings me back to it. That's mm. that's one of the few that doesn't have that sort of hook you in aspect. Right. So. Uh, so three songs to keep. Three songs that you like and you keep. Uh, well, I mentioned two of them, Blue and To a Poet. Mm. I really like. I think those are great songs. And I think it, it's hard, even though it is clearly the big single, is Emmy Lou. It's, it's such... It's such the single and such a, a great, truly, truly, that is a very good song. Mm -hmm. So I, that's one that I would keep. So those are my three. Right on. I am tempted to go with the exact same ones because they are very good. <laughs> At the very least, Emmy Lou and Blue are for sure on it. 
So I love mm-hmm. both of those. Uh, oh, to a poet is really good. <laughs> mm. In the hearts of men. In is hearts good of men too, is all though. that. That's the other one that I'm hinging on here. You yeah. know what? Let's split it. Okay, I got Emmy Lou in the hearts of men in blue. That's what I'm going with. Okay, you it, go with that one, and we, I'll go Emmy Lou blue into a poet. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's it. That's what we got. Um, tell us what what you guys think of this album if in fact you think anything of it at all i don't know i'll I'll be super curious to know if people are like yeah i'm very familiar with this group they're very (laughs) popular i've been listening to them they're still i mean they released an album last year with multiple singles leading up they've been around since 2008 so they're relatively prolific when it comes to releasing music i'm sure that there are diehard fans for sure yeah and uh yeah you know hit us up on on the social medias, you know all of the stuff, the juggalo judgment all over the place, on the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, email, jugglojudgment at gmail.com. Uh, but Eric, yes. Eric, where the fuck, where in the heckin' fuck do people find you and your shit? What are you doing, man? Well, I'll tell you. Every week, well, we try every week to drop an episode of either ICP with We or Twisted With Us, where we review albums by one of those two groups. And sometimes we're just reviewing groupings of songs that aren't an album, or sometimes we're doing other ridiculous things. But go to our website, ICPWWE, that stands for With We, ICP With We, not the wrestling, although it's a fun sort of play on the fact that they definitely were wrestlers, but icpwwe.com. All the links to all of our stuff is there. Our uh, Twitter, Instagram, email, uh, Patreon, our merch, our you can get in our Discord from there. That's a great place to hang out with us. So yeah, icpwwe.com. Make sure you check out the show if you haven't yet. Definitely do that. Come, definitely come to the Discord, hang out and chat with us. We're in there yeah. all the fucking time. Hell yeah. There's there's always something going on. Uh, but with all of that, with all that said and done, I feel like there's nothing left to do but finish your motherfucking beach beverages. Cheers. Cheers. Last sip right there. And uh, I want to thank you for inviting me to waste away with you and Shmeeverita. <laughs> Anytime. Always welcome. <laughs> now you're just a shell of your former you. That stranger in the Did you guys notice that? Like, what? I feel like it's censored when you said come. Huh. That was yeah, really, really strange. That is so strange. Like, who is, is this? Are there things censoring us? Can I not say things like that? Can I not say fuck, come, come, fuck, fucking come?
shitting cum out of my ass.